Hello and welcome to The Last Push Podcast. On today's episode, we're really going to dive in and we're going to go over rates of reaction and all the concepts that you guys need to know for chemistry paper two. So grab yourself a pen, grab yourself a pencil, get some flashcards, get some paper and get ready. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. So today it's all about rates of reaction, okay? When we're talking about chemical reactions, they are our reactants that react together to form products, okay? So the reactants are reacting together. There are collisions that are happening in order for the reaction to take place with enough energy to form something new, to form a product. So for example, if you've got carbon and if you've got oxygen and there are collisions and they are colliding with enough force, then carbon dioxide can be produced. So reactants are always on the left side of our equation. Products are always on the right side of our equation. So reactants on the left, products on the right. And when we are looking at rates of reaction, a rate always generally we are talking about speed, how quickly something happens. So for example, when we are talking about the rate of reaction, we're either talking about how quickly the reactants have completely reacted together or how quickly all of the products are being formed. Okay, so you're either looking at one or the other because at the start of a chemical reaction, you've got all the reactants that are starting to react together but generally you've got a high, high, high amount of reactants and zero or very little products. As those reactants have enough energy and force to successfully collide together, they will be forming products. So I almost need you to think of it as, as a bar chart. At the start of your reaction, if you've got a reactant bar, it will be 100%. Your product bar will be 0% or 0. And then about a quarter of the way through, that reactant bar would have come down to maybe 75% or 70%. And the product bar is starting to go up to 25 to 20%, 80%. Okay, 90%. And then those, all of those products will eventually be formed. So it's almost like a balancing act. Okay, reactants go down as products are formed. At the very end of your reaction, you're going to have 100% products, 0% reactants. Okay, hopefully that makes sense to you. If it doesn't, come and talk to one of us. Okay, we are available for you to come and see us. Ask us a question about this. Okay, because if you don't understand that, it's going to be really, really, really hard for you to understand the rest of the rates of reaction. So the rate is how quickly the reactants are used up or how quickly the products are formed in a chemical reaction. 
Now, there are a number of different things that will actually impact a rate of reaction, and you need to know about four of them. The first one is temperature, okay, and that's the first one we're going to take a look at. But just so you're aware, we got temperature, we've got surface area, we have got concentration, pressure, and lastly, there is technically a fifth one if we add a catalyst. So let's start off with temperature. Now, I need you to think about chemicals as molecules, as particles, because when you're answering these exam questions, that's the type of language you want to use. You want to use particles or molecules. That's what's on mark schemes. That's what's going to get you the marks. So as reacting particles get heated up, as the thermal energy increases, as the temperature increases, it has a knock-on effect. And actually what happens is as the temperature increases, these particles will gain kinetic energy. I'll say it again. These particles will gain kinetic energy. And that's the energy of, of moving objects, of moving particles, of moving molecules. So if I heat something up, it will move faster. If I heat something up, it will move faster. It will have more force, more energy, more momentum. So think about particles in your mind right now. Think about molecules in your mind. If they're moving quite slowly, they're not going to collide with as much force or as much energy. But if I heat those particles up and they get more kinetic energy, they're able to move around faster, quicker, with more energy, with more force, and they're able to collide more frequently. So they're able to have more frequent, successful collisions, which will in turn speed up the rate of reaction. So the summary that you really need to try to remember is that if I increase the temperature of a chemical reaction, I will actually provide those molecules with more kinetic energy, enabling them to collide more frequently. Therefore, there'll be more frequent successful collisions and the rate will be increased. So that's temperature. And I honestly think for all five of these, you guys should have a flashcard for all five of these. Okay, so temperature is your first flashcard. Your second flashcard is going to be surface area. So the second thing that's going to affect the rate of reaction is going to be surface area. Now, I need you to go on this journey right now with me. I need you to actually visualize this and think about this. If you have got a nice hot cup of tea, some biscuits, I want you to think about that cup of tea. I want you to think about what will happen if you've got a cup of tea and you put a lump of sugar cube in compared to what will happen if you take a cup of tea and you take a spoonful of the same amount same mass of sugar but it's in spoonful form it's in granulated form it's already broken down it has more surfaces technically which one dissolves faster okay which one of those is going to dissolve faster is it going to be my sugar cube or is it going to be my granulated, small, really, really tiny pieces of sugar? 
Hopefully you guys all have done this before. You've seen this or you've seen relatives putting sugar in tea so you can grasp that idea. But yeah, the smaller the pieces, the more surfaces that there can be for collisions or reactions to take place. So if you have, now let's link this to chemistry. So if you've got calcium carbonate or limestone, which is essentially white chalk, and you've got a chunk of white chalk versus small pieces of white chalk versus powdered chalk, calcium carbonate. You've got three different versions. You've got a large chunk, you've got little pieces, and you've got powder. Which one of those is going to have the greatest surface area? Hopefully, you guys all said powder. Powder is the smallest kind of in terms of particle size, and it has got the greatest surface area of those three options. So if you were to take 0.5 mole hydrochloric acid and have the same amount of volume, so 20 milliliters, 20 milliliters of 0.5 mole hydrochloric acid, and you add it to all three of those surfaces, the large chunk, the little pieces, and the powder. Which one will dissolve fastest? Which one will react fastest? Hopefully you guys all said the powder. It's the same thing. The powder's got more surfaces, okay? If you increase the surface area, you increase the area where there can be collisions. That means you will increase the frequency of collisions. You will have more frequent successful collisions. Therefore, you will increase the rate of reaction. The reaction will happen faster. So that's temperature, that's surface area. The next one is concentration. Now, I need you to visualize this again with me for a minute. Concentration. If you've got double concentrated squash and single concentrated squash, okay, that's kind of an indication of concentration. The double concentrated squash has got more juice particles in it. Same bottle, same size bottle, same volume of liquids, but the double concentrated squash has got double the amount of squash or juice particles compared to the single. So I need you to now think about concentration in terms of chemicals. So we could have 0.5 mole hydrochloric acid. We could have one mole hydrochloric acid. We could have 1.5 mole hydrochloric acid and we could have two mole hydrochloric acid. Which one is going to be more concentrated? I'm really hoping we went with the bigger number. I'm really hoping we went with two um, moles for that concentration, that higher concentration. Okay, because if you are thinking about concentration, concentration is the number, the amount of particles in that given volume. And if I increase the amount of particles in that given volume, I'm increasing the concentration. So imagine you've got these hydrochloric acids, all these different concentrations of them, and you're measuring out 20 mils for each one. The volume stays the same. 
the volume doesn't change. So 0.5 mole hydrochloric acid, and you've got 20 milliliters of it, one mole hydrochloric acid, and you've got 20 milliliters of it, 1.5 mole hydrochloric acid, 20 milliliters of it, and two mole hydrochloric acid, 20 milliliters of it. Your one with the highest concentration is going to be the two mole hydrochloric acid because it's got more hydrochloric acid particles in the same volume. What this means is that there are more particles. If there are more particles, people, there are more collisions. The frequency of collisions is increased. The frequency of those particles colliding successfully is increased. So there are more frequent successful collisions. Therefore, the ray of reaction will be faster. I hope you guys are starting to notice a pattern. I keep repeating the same words. Okay, frequency should be in all of your answers when you're writing this. Okay, all of these are going to increase the frequency. And also, Okay, a key phrase to add in after that is that there'll be more frequent successful collisions. Okay, you're increasing the frequency of those collisions. Therefore, you're increasing the frequency of the amount that will actually be successful and be able to react. The more reactions you have, the faster the rate of reaction will be. Okay, now the next one Okay, we've just talked about concentration. The next one we're going to talk about is pressure. And pressure is very, very similar to concentration, except pressure is just with gas. Okay, so just gas particles now. Now, if you've got, say you've got 10 gas particles in scenario A, and you've got 10 gas particles in scenario B. Now, I need you to think about taking one of those and trying to squish down the space where the gas is. Okay, so take away the space. In your mind, when you're envisioning taking away and shrinking the area where there's those 10 particles are, those molecules of gas, what will happen to the closeness of those molecules of gas as you take away the space, as you take away the volume? Those particles get closer together. Yeah, they do. They get closer together. And if particles are closer together, what do you think happens to the frequency of potential collisions? The frequency is going to increase because particles are now closer together because there's a higher pressure. Therefore, the frequency will increase. Therefore, there'll be more frequent successful collisions. Okay, so in all of these examples, temperature, surface area, concentration, and pressure. In all four of those examples, we're talking about increasing the frequency of collisions. Okay, and it's really, really, really important to use that keyword. I cannot stress that enough. Okay, if you don't use the word frequency, you will not get the marks. You need to use it when you're answering exam questions. Frequency, okay, write it down memorize it, write it on your flashcards. Hopefully you guys are going to make four flashcards after this and frequency is going to be on every single one of these. There are some great 
diagrams on BBC Bite Size, some additional information on BBC Bite Size to take a look. And honestly, guys, I really, really suggest that you take a look at the Malsbury Science YouTube required practical video on rates of reaction. They look at sodium thiosulfate and hydrochloric acid and changing the concentration of one of those. And it goes into an in-depth explanation about that required practical. So please, please, please add that on at the end of this podcast. It's less than 20 minutes, this podcast. So you guys should have some time to then either the same time or possibly the next day after watch that Malsbury Science YouTube video. Now, before I let you guys go, there's one more thing that we haven't talked about, which is catalysts. Catalysts are chemicals, which what they do is they lower the activation energy. And activation energy, that's a key, key scientific definition that you need to remember. Activation energy is the minimum amount of energy required for a reaction to take place. So catalysts, if they're added to a reaction, what they'll do is they'll lower the minimum energy required for a reaction to take place. So ultimately, they're helping to speed up a reaction. And they aren't actually a reactant, so they don't get used up, which is really, really good. So catalysts are chemicals that speed up the reaction without being used up. And how they do that is they lower the activation energy. Now, what I suggest you guys do is look at a graph that has got activation energy labeled on it. Okay, maybe make a flashcard for that because you are most likely going to be asked to label an exothermic or an endothermic reaction. Exothermic reactions are reactions that give out energy, usually the ones that heat up. Endothermic reactions are the ones that absorb energy. They take energy in. So for example, photosynthesis, the leaf is going to be absorbing sunlight energy. Okay, that's one example. So what I need you to do is think about listening to this one one more time. Make your flashcards if you haven't done that already. Check out BBC Bite Size, get some graphs for activation energy, exothermic and endothermic reactions, and check out Malsbury Science YouTube Rates of Reaction Revision video. Okay, let us know if you need more podcasts, if you need more exam questions, if we can do anything extra to help you. Come and let us know, we will do it. Okay, so get out there, get revising, have a lovely, lovely evening.